0: And hid them in the flax of, uh, stalks of flax that she had laid in order on the roof. So the men pursued after them on the way to the Jordan as far as the fords. And the gate was shut as soon as the pursuers had gone out. Before the men laid down, she came up to them on the roof and said to them, said to the men, verse 9, I know that the Lord has given you the land and that the... Next slide that the fear of you has fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land melt away before you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan, to Sihon and Og, whom you devoted to destruction. And as soon as we heard it, our hearts melted, and there was no Spirit left in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in the heavens above and on earth beneath. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that as I have dealt kindly with you, so also will deal kindly with my father's house, and give me a sure sign that you will save alive my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them, and deliver our lives from death. And the men said to her, Our life for yours, even to death. If you do not tell this business of ours, then when the Lord gives us the land, we will deal kindly and faithfully with you. Then she led them down by a rope through the window, for her house was built into the city wall, so that she lived in the wall. And she said to them, Go into the hills, or the pursuers will encounter you, and hide there three days until the pursuers have returned." And afterward you may go your way. The men said to her, We will be guiltless with respect to this oath of yours that you have made us swear. Behold, when we come into the land, you shall tie the scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down, and you shall gather into your house your father and mother and your brothers and your father's household. Then, if anyone goes out of the doors of your house into the streets, his blood shall be on his own head, and we shall be guiltless. But if a hand is laid on anyone who is with you in the house, his blood shall be on our heads. But if you tell this business of ours, then we shall be guiltless with respect to your oath that you have made us swear. And she said, according to your word, so be it. And then she sent them away and they departed and she tied the scarlet cord in the window. Let's see what happened when the men come back a few months later. And that's found in Joshua chapter 6. And verse 22 and 23. But the two men who had spied out the land, Joshua said, Go into the prostitute's house and bring out from there the woman and all who belong to her as you swore to her. So the young men who had been spies went in and brought out Rahab and her father and her mother and brothers and all who belonged to her. And they brought out all her relatives and put them outside of the camp of Israel. I'm going to jump to James chapter 2 if we can. James chapter 2. Verse 24 to 26. It says this You see that a person is justified by works, and not by faith alone. And in the same way was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way. For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. Let's go back to Hebrews eleven thirty-one. We'll read that verse again. By faith, Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. Pray with me for a moment as I share a few thoughts today on faith decisions. Father, we thank you for what you're about to do. Whenever you speak your word, our lives will never be the same again. Now I thank you for the miracles the freedom, the life, the glory, the goodness, the provision, the healing that manifests as a result of Christ being lifted up through the declaration of your word. Thank you for every person here that will receive a touch of your kindness today. In Jesus' name, amen. We've been in the middle of a a series on faith, and today I want to talk about faith decisions. Hands up if you've ever made a bad decision. That's great. I'm in good company. Hands up if you've ever made a good decision. Great. Hands up if you've been in places where you knew you had to make a decision, but you made no decision. (laughs) That's me a lot of the time, too. See, by the end of today, some of you will make good decisions, some of you will make bad decisions, some of you will make no decisions, and some of you will make faith decisions. You don't need to be a follower of Jesus Christ to make a good decision. You don't need to be a follower of Jesus Christ to be a, make a bad decision. You don't need to be a follower of Jesus Christ to make no decision. But only a follower of Jesus Christ can make a faith decision. And today we read about a lady, a prostitute, her name was Rahab, and she made one decision, one decision. She made a decision to welcome a few spies into her house and protect them because the king of the country wanted to kill them. She made one decision. And today, some of you got ready to come here from Morton Hall. Some of you came here from the Howard Estate. Some of you came here from neighboring towns and villages. And here we are in 2021 and her story, one decision she'd made, is still being talked about even today. I want to talk to you today about faith decisions she is a prostitute, so she makes her living by sleeping with men in back in the day, especially in the context of uh, her story the only reason she is uh, in in prostitution is because she's most probably an abject poverty. She's been pushed to the limit. She's been abused, and there is no other way she can provide other than resorting to prostitution. And she finds herself in the city called Jericho. Jericho was a city that was protected by a wall. Now, this wall was so thick that the, the, the wall itself could have been uh, someone's house. So her house was built into the wall of Jericho. Now God had said to the nation of Israel, I'm going to give you this city. And Joshua, the leader of Israel at the time, had sent two spies to go and spy out Jericho and say, hey, I want you to go check out Jericho. What's it like? And bring back some reports. And so these two spies had come and they realized they're in trouble because the king of Jericho got word, hey, we've, been, we've got spies. So they quickly went into the house and when they went into the house they found themselves in the house of Rahab the prostitutes so she hides them upstairs on uh, on, on top of her uh, house and she makes some incredible sayings she makes some incredible statements this prostitute who does not have faith in God who does not believe in Jesus who is uh, 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 from the town of Jericho so she's not Jewish back in the day that were considered the people the only people who knew God and this this foreigner this 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 person who you would not expect to operate in faith comes out with these statements. And we, we read those statements in chapter 2 from verse 9 onwards. He says, I know who your God is. I know what he's done. I know that he has split up the Red Sea for you. I know that he has destroyed kings for you, and I know that it will only be a matter of time before we are next. and I know that everybody in my city is currently melting with fear because I know it 's only a matter of time because you're before your God comes and gives you our city too so here's my advice i'm gonna hide you but when you come back one day it might be a few months it might be a few years whenever you come back i want you to promise me that you'll save me you'll save my father so she had a dad she will save my mother so she had a mother and you'll save my brothers, so she had brothers said i i want you to promise me that you will save all these people so the two spies says fine because you've saved our life, we will save your life. The only thing we request you to do is I want you to open the window and I want you to put out a, a scarlet, a red thread through the window. And when we come to capture your city, we'll know very quickly, ah, that's Rahab's house Nobody in that house should die, but everything else is going to die. And she makes a decision. And then year after year after year, in the Bible, in the Psalms, she's mentioned in the Psalms, she's mentioned in the book of Hebrews, you hear about this woman that made one decision, and it changed her life forever. Hey, before the end of today, before the end of this week, before the end of next week, before the end of next month, every 24 hours you have, as a gift from God on earth, you're either going to make some good decisions, some bad decisions, no decisions, or you're going to make some faith decisions. Oh, by the way, let me digress very quickly. How many of you like fish? Do you like fish? Eating fish? Fishing? How many of you like salmon? Oh, it's a lot of people. How many of you like the color salmon? Salmon? No, No one likes that. Some of you like it. I want to tell you a cool story about Salmon before I finish today. So remind me, in case I forget, remind me. i tell you a cool story about Salmon. So the, the Rahab is making, making this faith decision. I want to tell you, share with you a few thoughts on what faith decisions look like and how she made these faith decisions that changed the course of history forever. Number one, faith decisions count the cost but they're inspired by the reward. Faith decisions count the cost, but they're inspired by the reward. Can you imagine making a decision to say, hey, I'm going to leave my house. I don't know when this will happen. For a moment, think about it. Think of your house. Think of your address right now. Think of your address, where you live right now. And think that you're going to make a decision today to say, I'm going to let it go. I'm going to let it go. I'm not going to sell it. I'm not going to put it on the market. I'm not actually going to get any money for it. I'm going to let it go. But I am going to follow this move of God. God seems to be on the move. Sooner or later, I'm going to have to check out of the city called Jericho. Can you imagine the cost? Is that an easy decision? Is that a good decision? Is that a bad decision? Is that an indecision? No. That's a faith decision because it requires faith to make a jump like that. Can you imagine the fact that she's actually now having to let go of her profession? Because she made her money by amassing clients throughout the city of Jericho and she had regular clients. In fact, she had so many clients, the Bible says that she was aware of the spirit of everybody that lived in Jericho. I mean, this, this lady was popular and she had to let all of that go. Where's, gonna, where, where's her source of income going to be? If she makes a decision to follow the move of God, she's letting go of her house, she's letting go of her clients, she's letting go of her money, she's letting go of life as she knew it. Who would do such a thing like that? But Rahab, the prostitute, finds herself in Hebrews chapter 11 in the hallmarks of faith because she made one decision to say, I'm going to go with the move of God. I'm going to go with the move of God. You don't see anywhere in this story she receiving a word from God. Do you? She doesn't even know God. She's just reading the signs. She says, I've heard of of the fact that God split up the Red Sea. I've heard of the fact that God is, is true. I've heard the fact that God killed a few kings for you. I've heard of the fact that your God is powerful. I've heard of the fact that your God can do wonders. What was she doing? She was reading the signs. Faith decisions read the signs. They read the signs. They're not always waiting for a word from God. They're not always waiting for, well, I'm not going to lift my hands because God didn't tell me to. I'm not going to read my Bible because God didn't tell me to. Some of us are clever enough or have faith enough to be part of a gathering, to be part of a movement. And when you come to a place like this, you think, man, there is something that's going on here. There is faith that is stirred up here. There are some people here who are crazy about Jesus. And I may not completely understand, but I can read the signs that God is up to something and when you read the signs that God is up to something you and I have a choice do you make a good decision a bad decision no decision or do you make a faith decision to say I don't understand it all but if God is going that way I'm going to I'm going to she says well (laughs) that seems to be what God's doing if that's the case I'm in count me in A faith decision takes sides and is all in. Faith decision takes sides and is all in. I know it's not popular to take sides. I know it's popular to remain neutral. But she didn't go, yeah, you know what? I love Jericho and I also love Israel. I love what God is doing. I really love my prostitution. She said, look, I've stepped over. I've made a decision. It takes sides, and some of us we we we, we get it to a place where we, we 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 we're playing for both sides. We're saying we love God, um, but we, we trust God. Oh, I be, I believe I believe God is good. Do you trust Him? Oh no, I don't want to do that. Jesus forgives sins. Oh, isn't that great that Jesus forgives sins? Well, do you want to ask Jesus to forgive your sins? Oh no, I don't want to do that. Jesus is a provider. He's going to provide for you. Yeah, yeah, I believe that. So do you want to tithe? Because tithing is your currency of trust. Oh no, I don't want to do that. What is it that we do that proves to us that faith actually is real. Come on, all of you have been in places or or seen things on the internet or in a shop or when you've been on holiday where you've spotted the real one and you've spotted the fake one. You've spotted the original and you've spotted the duplicate. And some of you are incredible in shopping for so many things that are duplicate and they look like the original, don't they? But Bible says in the book of James that just like your spirit, just like your body is dead without your spirit, so faith without works is dead. In other words, if you want to test whether your faith is genuine, it will manifest in decision-making. Say, well, I I believe Jesus is my Savior. Well, have you made a decision to follow Jesus? No, I haven't. Well, what sort of faith is that then? Because a faith... That does not make decisions is not faith. It's a feeling, it's an emotion, it's a good, it's a good feeling, it's, it's a good, good thing that you've got going on. But the, but the Bible says about Rahab in the book of James, just as Rahab hid the spies. Here's an example of how faith works alongside decision making. Faith decisions, faith takes sides and is all in. Faith decisions are consistent until the breakthrough. We have an in-house joke in my house where every few months, um, every few months, um, my wife, Reshmi, comes to me and says, "Um, hey, you know it's May, um, but you remember in February, you said you were going to lose weight, and you had this three days where every day you went to the gym. And you didn't touch carbs and you were on, you know, just want to let you know it's March, it's April. Come on, don't judge me. You've done the same. Because results are not produced if you don't make a decision consistently. Can you imagine after she making that decision every day, she had to let out a scarlet crawd through her window? What if she gave up after two months? What if she gave up after three months? What if she gave up after a few days, few weeks, and said, ah, oh, you know, that was the season. That was, ah, oh, you know, I'm done. I, maybe I should go back to plan A. I, I'm not sure if these guys will ever turn up. I'm not sure. Will they like me? What if they don't keep their word? What if they were just, you know, they were just playing me? What if. But faith decisions are consistent. Day in, day out. When you see results, you decide to follow Jesus. When you don't see results, you f- decide to follow Jesus. When he provides, you decide to trust him. When the provision don't come, he, he, you decide to trust in him. Whatever happens in the morning run, the evening serene, you decide to trust in Jesus because faith decisions are consistent. Faith decisions are consistent. So, so, so she's, she's rescued and then in the bible says in Joshua chapter 6 that they brought her out and they put her outside the camp. Can we read that verse? Joshua chapter 6 verse 24, 25 and 26. We read that earlier on. She makes this decision so eventually she's rescued. Joshua said go into the prostitute's house and bring out from there the woman and all who belong to her as you swore to her. So the young men who had been spies went in and brought out Rahab and her father and her mother's And her brothers and all who belonged to her. And they brought out all her relatives and put them outside the camp. Outside the camp. They put them, Rahab, her dad, her mom, her brothers, outside the camp. I grew up in Botswana, and uh, I grew up in southern Botswana. It was, it was just five minutes or ten minute drive to the border of South Africa. I remember South Africa pre-apartheid and post-apartheid. I remember what it was like in South Africa, where you could not go to certain places because dogs and blacks and Indians were not allowed. I remember how institutional racism worked, and how I remember Nelson Mandela being sworn as the president of South Africa. I remember what that was like. I Imagine the most horrible apartheid system you can ever imagine and multiply that by a thousand. That's what's happening right here because it was the law that nobody who is non-Jewish should ever have anything to do with the Jewish people. Can you imagine making a faith decision like that? And that's the treatment you get. Can you imagine leaving your house? And that's the treatment you get. Can you imagine jumping and taking a decision saying, I believe this is what God wants me to do. And she jumps, she lets go of her her friends, her clients, her house, her money, her income. For what? To be brought and said, that's where you belong. And you couldn't go near the camp. You couldn't go touch them. You had nothing to do with them because they were meant to live segregated lives because they were non-Jewish. Now, add to the fact that she was not only non-Jewish but the fact that she was also a prostitute. I mean, she would have been treated with the utmost contempt. You, you You wouldn't even believe the amount of suffering she would have gone through. Question, where is her income now? Who's feeding her now? How is she getting by now? How is she eating now? Does she even have a proper roof over her head? Because yes, she was rescued from Jericho. But for what? Be put outside the camp? Can you imagine the suffering? Do you think even for a moment she would have maybe thought, I don't know if that was a good decision. Maybe I should have died with the rest of them. What's the point in following Jesus? And my life is more miserable now than it was then. Anybody asked you that question? Have Anybody asked yourself that question? Anybody ever thought, man, I've made some faith decisions, but man, life has not been easy. I thought this was my one ticket out of my suffering and my pain. But here I am, rescued but outside the camp. She has to live now in this one house with her dad, her mom, and her brothers. What do you think she feels at that moment? What do you think she's going through at that moment where they're all in this one house? And every day she wakes up, she can see her dad, she can see her mom, she can see her brothers. Why? Because she's now no longer in Jericho, but she's not part of Israel either. She's not part of Israel either. Told you I'll tell you a story about salmon, didn't I? Shall I tell you the story? Let's go there. Matthew chapter 1, verse 1. It's a story about salmon in the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob, Jacob the father of Judah, and his brothers Judah, the father of Perez, Perez the father of Tamar, Perez the father of Hezron, Hezron the father of Ram, Ram the father of Abinadab, the father of Nashon, Nashon the father of Salmon. Salmon, the father of Boaz, whose wife was Rahab. Now I want you to imagine Jeff Bezos, his wealth. I want you to imagine Bill Gates. I want want you to imagine his wealth. I want you to imagine Warren Buffett. I want you to imagine. I want you to imagine Mark Zuckerberg. I want you to combine all of their wealth together into one. We're talking about Abraham. If you read about the amount of wealth Abraham, his son Isaac, his son Jacob amassed, I mean these were some of the richest people you have ever known. They had camels that were uncountable, sheep and oxen that were uncountable. These guys were. So So wealthy that you couldn't even. And and Salmon was one of the sons of Abraham. Was one of the sons of Abraham. Question. what's, What's Salmon doing in Rahab's house? How did they meet in the first place? They're not allowed to meet, let alone date. They're not even allowed to go near. I mean, we're not talking ordinary citizens. We're we're talking we talk we're talking about a son of Abraham. This is royalty. One day, something happened, and Simon, because he was the son of Abraham, he can wander anywhere. He he has the permission to go anywhere and. She comes, he comes to this, this settlement, this camp, and, and his eyes fall on this lady. Goes, ooh. Who's she? Oh, that, that's Rahab the prostitute, you know, like Joshua brought her out from Jericho and yeah. It's Rahab the prostitute. It's Rahab the prostitute. She goes, Salmon, Like imagine, imagine Mark Zuckerberg, imagine Elon Musk and multiply that wealth by a million. That's who he is in terms of royalty, in terms of pedigree, in terms of wealth. He goes, um, I think I fancy her, you know. But Rahab, yeah, yeah, Rahab. You don't mean that other Rahab? No, no, Rahab the prostitute. That one. Oh. And so, so, so I know how Eastern culture works, and it's pretty much, there are so many similarities to the Western culture in the sense that you've got, you've got, to, you've got to meet the families, you know? The families meet. Okay, can you imagine what that meeting was like? Dad, um, can we go over to Rahab's house? Which Rahab? Rahab, the prostitute. What? Yeah, I, th- I think she's going to be my wife. So, so some of you who love gossip, you go to Tesco and you pick up the copy of the Daily Mail. And guess what's on the front picture? A photo of Salmon and Rahab having coffee. You're like, ah, no, no, surely not. Surely not. Surely not. Not Rahab the prostitute. I mean, according to the law of Moses, you're not allowed to marry anybody that's not Jewish. Let alone go near them or touch them or have anything to do with them. And she's a prostitute. Do you know how many men she slept with for money? I said, no, I want to marry her. I want to marry her. Let me do this with somebody that's in my work bubble. Teresa, can you come? Stand with me. Mark, you go stand over there, that side of the stage. Take my hand. One day, the father of the bride is walking her down. I know in the Western culture we walk people down the aisle, but in the Eastern culture too, it's still the father that gives the daughter away. As she's walking down, what do you think she's going through her mind? They come down. Here comes the bride. Here comes the bride. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today on this auspicious day to join in holy matrimony. Salmon, son of Abraham, with Rahab, the daughter of Job Loke's. if there is anybody here who has any just reason why these two should not be joined together in holy matrimony. They may speak now or forever. Hold your peace. I bet there were a hundred men in Jericho who said, I've got one. Where are they now? Dead silenced, unable to speak. See, when you make a faith decision, God will silence voices for you that you can't silence yourself. God will silence voices for you that you can't say. There will be voices in your life. Do you have any idea what you've done? Where you've been? Who you've done it with? You don't deserve to be blessed. You're not Jewish. Do you know how many times you've sinned? Half the men in Jericho know you. Half the men in Jericho have visited your bedroom. What makes you think you're going to be blessed? Where are they now? Silence. So she made one Faith decision. One faith decision. Those are the voices from the outside. What about, what about her own inner voices? I'm about to marry a son of Abraham. I'm about to, to marry Salmon. You must remember, she is in abject poverty. That's probably what God pushed her into prostitution in the first place. And then from there, she now has to live outside the camp with nothing. She's even lost her profession. The pastor says, um, repeat after me, Salmon. I, Salmon, make this vow in the presence of all these witnesses. That I will from this day to have and to hold for rich of poor, for poorer in sickness and in health. And then, and, then, and then they take out the ring. And then they say, uh, uh, I give you this ring as a sign of my vow. A- and if I was the pastor, I would have paused at that moment. Because the next line says, all that I am, I give to you. And all that I have, I share with you. With who? And who's doing the sharing? See, as, as 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 she was walking down the aisle, and the father was was taking her down the aisle, it's a couple of couple of couple of lads in the wedding. They're going, I've no idea what he saw in her. He, he could have had anybody. Overnight, Rahab went from a prostitute royalty. Look, I'm not talking Kate Middleton, Meghan Markle royalty. I am talking about royalty to the point she was one of the grandmothers of King David, great-grandmother of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Overnight. Why? Because of one decision she made, to have faith and make a decision. I can, Teresa, thank you. Give them a hand. They're good, good. Overnight, They go from Rahab the prostitute to Rahab the wife of Salmon. Rahab the wife of Salmon. One decision. By faith, Rahab decided to say yes to a move of God. Some of you have made some faith decisions And you've wondered, God, it has not worked out for me. It really hasn't. Because I thought I was following you. I thought this was a good idea. I thought you were going to have my back. and, And I did the right thing. And then I was brought out and I was put in the camp. In the camp of all places. Not a camp. People have rejected me. People have spat on me. People have abused me. I've lost my income. And I am treated not even worthy of human attention and human, 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 human interaction. I am out here in the camp. But I want to say to some of you, you've been stupid enough to take a faith decision and follow a move of God. But I want to say to you, God says, "Something's something's about to happen. Something's about to happen. Something's about to happen. There is something that will begin to change and shift. And the world will know you are not foolish to follow Jesus. The world will know that it was not a bad decision. It was not a good decision. It was not an indecision. It was a faith decision to follow Jesus. Here is Rahab the prostitute walking down the aisle to be given away. In marriage to salmon of all people. You know what the word salmon means? In the Hebrew, salmon is derived from the word shaloma, which comes from the word shalom, which means peace. In fact, it means more than peace it means prosperity it means life it means rest it means healing shalom is the most complete word you can ever think of it means the entire blessing of god she was not just being rescued from jericho to go live in a camp she was being rescued from jericho to meet her shalom and every time you make a decision to follow jesus every time you make a faith decision to trust to give to be part of a move of god i want to tell you you are not just being rescued. Rescued from your own life. You are being introduced to a future you can never dream of. You've been introduced to opportunities that you would never otherwise have. You're being introduced to uncommon favor. That you cannot get through your pedigree, your hard work or your education. But when God decides to open a door and bless you. You will say it was good for me that I trusted Jesus. It was good for me that I trusted Jesus. She meets her shalom. Salmon, shaloma, means peace, it means rest, it means completeness, it means lacking nothing, it means glory, it means grace, it means goodness, it means covenant, it means forgiveness, it means healing, it means everything. She found her salmon because of one decision. Before the end of today, you will make a decision. you either make a good decision, a bad decision, a faith decision or no decision we have a faith offering coming in the life of our church you will either make a good decision a bad decision a faith decision or no decision you are you have opportunities to invite your friends to church you'll either make a good decision a bad decision no decision or a faith decision you have an opportunity before the end of the month the next time you get paid to remember whether you tithe or not you'll either make a good decision a bad decision a faith decision or no decision and when that decision is made sometimes it will feel like you've gone from the house to the camp but wise people still make faith decisions in spite of what it looks like in spite of the cost they count the cost but their eyes are focused on the reward by faith Rahab the prostitute hid the spies what a decision what a decision What sort of decisions are you gonna make with your life? What sort of decisions are you gonna make with your time? What sort of decisions are you going to make with your energy, what sort of decisions are you gonna make with your career, what sort of decisions are you gonna make with your church, what sort of decisions are you gonna make with your money, it can be a good decision a bad decision or no decision. Listen if you make a good decision if you trust in Jesus for your salvation you still go to heaven. If you make bad decisions if you trust in Jesus for your salvation you will still go to heaven. If you make no decision at all and you trust in Jesus, you will still go to heaven I'm not talking about heaven. I'm talking about legacy. I'm talking about generation after generation after generation impacted by your decision making because when everybody thought it was a foolish thing to do, one woman spotted an opportunity the entire city of Jericho. It said, I've heard of a move of God and I don't know it. I don't understand it. I don't even know my Bible but I'm choosing to align myself wherever God is going, that's where I'm going. Wherever the presence of God is going, that's where I'm going. Where the gathering of the saints of God is, that's where I want to be. That's why Sunday morning when you come to church, you have made a faith decision. The fact that you are here is not just a good decision, it's a faith decision. Because when you are here, you are putting yourself in the flow of the move of God. God is building His church. They said when two or three are gathered in His name, there He is. And if you find yourself today in the flow and the move of God, I want to promise you, as a result of the fact that you just turned up to be in church today, the fact that your children are upstairs in our youth sessions, crest sessions, kid sessions. There is something of a divine favor that will chase your life and hunt you down. Even if you find yourself in a camp where nobody wants you, everybody rejected you and people don't even know your name. Your moment is coming. God will lift you up. Raise you up. You will enter your shalom and you will lack nothing. You will be healed. You will be delivered. You will be prosperous. God will open doors for you that nobody else can open because you decided to live by faith. It's worth it, my friends. It's worth it. People will know your name one day. It's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. In the camp, I wonder what she felt. Whew. I wonder if she remembers the names of her clients. I wonder what physical intimacy with salmon was like after after the wedding. One day, <clears throat> Salmon and Rahab are on their yacht in the French Riviera. They're not really, but you know, that's my holy image. Because that's what billionaires do, right? <clears throat> They're on their yacht in the English Riviera or the French Riviera. And, uh, and uh, Rahab says, uh, hey babe, I think we're pregnant. What? Oh, you're pregnant? Yeah, yeah, we're pregnant. Oh, that's good. Fast forward a few months uh, and then... Uh, and, 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 one of them says to the other, um, "I think, I think, I think it's time we thought about baby names." You know? Well, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, um, those days you you know, you, don't, you can't find out the gender, so they have to come up with a name for a girl and a boy, and uh, and the, the, the baby is born and it's a boy, and uh, and they say, uh, "I wonder what we're going to call him." And and Rahab. And and Salmon make a decision. He said, uh, we're gonna call him Boaz. You know what Boaz means? Boaz means quick. Boaz means swiftness. Boaz means acceleration. Boaz means suddenly. Boaz means immediately. Boaz means fast forward. Swiftness. That's what the. That's what the boys, it's called. I wonder why they chose that name. I wonder whether it's because Rahab has spent all her life being abused, thrown about, passed on from men to men, eventually makes a faith decision only to find out that she has to go and live in the camp and then swiftly, suddenly, immediately, her name changes her fate changes her bank balance changes her economy changes everything about her status changes overnight I wonder if every time they looked at Boaz they looked at swiftness it reminded her of where God had brought her from. I'm going to prophesy to every person who has faith to receive this word. All of a sudden, swiftly, quickly, something is about to happen in your life. It doesn't matter how many time it, how much time it's taken. It doesn't matter how many months the delay has been. It doesn't matter how many setbacks you've received. It doesn't matter how many times you've stepped out in faith and you have found yourself in the camp. But one day, Salmon! eyes will fall on your eyes and there will be a connection and an opportunity and a door that is open and you will look back and go how did I get from there to here only God can do it and it depends on you making decisions not good decisions not bad decisions not indecisions faith decisions As a church, we have come to a point where we are part of the faith offering season. You may not understand it, but I want to ask you, do you feel it's a move of God? Do you feel God is up to something? Do you feel like your future is better than your past? Do you feel there are opportunities ahead of you? And do you feel like if you were to invest in it, it would be the stupidest thing to do because man, there's going to be a cost. I want to encourage you, make that faith decision. Oh yeah, it'll come with costs, it might even come with pain. But I promise you, if you do it out of faith, there is a God who watches, there is a God who rewards. Maybe you've made a decision to become a follower of Jesus Christ and you know that your first decision is to get baptized. Baptism is not believing in Jesus. Believing in Jesus, you can come as you are. Anybody, anyone can believe in Jesus. Discipleship or the first step of discipleship is baptism. And baptism is when you say, you know what? I'm going to choose to not be the Lord of my life. So it's no longer going to be my desires. It's going to be God's desires. I have to say yes to his desire on how I run my life, my relationship, my finance. He's going to be the Lord of my life. Not just my savior. I love the fact that He is my savior, but he's going to be the Lord of my life. And you know that you want to take a decision to be baptized. But in your mind, you're also thinking, oh man, what will people think of me? I don't know if I've got to do it. I'm not sure I'm here and there. Hey, I want to encourage you. Make a faith decision. Make a faith, not a good decision, a bad decision. Make a faith decision. Some of you know that you've been on the circle of church, the periphery of church. You've been in and out, and you kind of prioritize God once a month, and it's good, and the other times you don't really do it, and there's nothing wrong. You'll still go to heaven. Jesus loves you, but I want to encourage you. There is an opportunity here for you to leave a legacy. For thousands of years later, people will still be sharing and talking about your name, and the one decision she made would have affected thousands and thousands and thousands of people even today. I bet Rahab doesn't know there's a town called Barry St. Edmunds. But here we are being blessed in Barry St. Edmonds because of one decision she has made. What kind of decisions are you going to make concerning your future? Have you booked in for church next Sunday? This is not religion. This is you saying yes to being in the flow and the move of God. Yes, it is inconvenient. Yes, you will have to say no to other things. But wise people still make faith decisions because they're not just thinking about the immediate future. You've got to think about your legacy, about your children, about your children's children's children. Your Boaz is on the way. Your swiftness, your quick miracle, your speedy open door is about to manifest. When does it manifest? When you meet your shalom. And how do you meet your shalom? How do you meet your peace? How do you meet your salmon? By making a faith decision. Making a faith decision. What sort of decisions are you going to make today? What sort of decisions are you going to make on who you date, who you marry, where you live? How you spend your time, how you budget, all of that matters. Not to condemn you, not to accuse you, because you don't have any condemnation when you come to Jesus Christ. You are forgiven and completely accepted. But if you have made a decision to follow Jesus, my question now is what next? Is it faith or is it convenience? Is it good decisions or faith decisions? Is it bad decisions or faith decisions? Is it an indecision or is it faith decisions? Today, you have a choice to make. The fact that Rahab and Boaz, Rahab and, um, and Salmon had a child meant that they were able to be physically intimate together. God in that moment also healed her from every emotional, every mental, every pain of the past, all brokenness, And she has this wholesome life. Matthew, one of the disciples of Jesus, is writing the story and said, Hey, Abraham's son, Salmon, met Rahab. And they had Boaz. And she was David's great-grandmother. And Jesus' great-great-great-great-great-grandmother. What a story. Boaz, the father of Obed, Obed the father of Jesse, Jesse the father of David, king. What a story. I bet the next time you go to Tesco and look at the fish counter and you see salmon, you'll never think of salmon the same way again. Now you know what it means. Shalom, peace. That's what it means in Hebrew. What sort of decisions are you going to make? For a moment of concentration privacy, close your eyes with me. If you've never become a follower of Jesus Christ, if you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, today is a good day to follow Jesus. It's a faith decision. You don't have to figure it all out. You don't have to understand it all. But it's a faith decision. If you have never given your life to Jesus, I want to encourage you to do something that will change the future of your children, that will change your future, that will change the future of your children's children. If you've never given your life to Jesus, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you don't need to understand all the theology or even own a Bible. Rahab didn't know any of that. But she made a faith decision. Today is a decision to make a choice. Are you going to follow Jesus or not? Are you all in or not? You want to make a decision to follow Jesus, I want to lead you in a very simple prayer that will help you become a follower of Jesus Christ. If you've never done that before, I want to encourage you to do that. If you've also not done that in years and you've not walked with God, but you say, I want to make a decision to make a fresh commitment to follow Jesus, I'm going to lead you in a very simple prayer and you can respond in faith. There are many people here who are also followers of Jesus Christ who will pray the same prayer to help you with that prayer yourself. If that is you all over this place because I know who I'm praying for, let me see your hands. If you say, I want to make a decision to follow Jesus, who am I praying for? Put your hand up and down very quickly. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. God bless you. Anybody else say, I want to make a decision to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Anyone? Thank you so much. Repeat after me. Say, Jesus, I believe that you died and that you rose again. I give you my life and I receive yours by faith alone. In Jesus' name. Amen. Open your eyes and look at me for a quick moment. If you've made that prayer, I believe you've made a decision to become a follower of Jesus Christ. Hey, it's not just a good decision, it's a faith decision. And you will see in years to come, your children, your children's children, your children's children's children will be able to trace back to the moment. You gave your life to Jesus. Can you imagine Jesse as a teenager? Can you imagine Obed as a teenager? Can you imagine King David as a teenager? They are say, they're talking among cousins. They say, hey, how come you how come you are a worshiper of Jehovah? How come you are a follower of God? And they say, ah, oh, it all traced back my great grandmother one day she made a faith decision to follow Jesus oh, it was not logical it made no sense there was a cost she had to let go of everything I'm so glad she did as a result of that we are where we are your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren will thank you in eternity for the decisions you've made today if you are a follower of Jesus Christ I want to pray for you too How are you going to live your life? How are you going to prioritize your time? How are you going to engage in your mind towards the things of God, engage in the word of God in prayer in church? Thank you so much for booking in today. Before you finish today, why don't you book in for next week? Booking opens every week for the following week. And hopefully we don't have to do this booking system for much longer, but we have to comply until the NHS say we need to do track and trace. That's something that we do. Can I encourage you to do that? Can I encourage you to prioritize God in your relationships? Can I encourage you to get involved in the faith offering? Right now, decide in your mind. Say, hey, I want to be part of that. As a one-off or as a monthly gift, get involved in supporting this move of God because it's a move of God. You can either be part of it or not part of it. Hey, and if you're not a part of it, Jesus still loves you, you'll still go to heaven. But why would you want to miss out on a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. You may not see the reward now, but one day your grandchildren may grow up and they may reap the reward of a decision you're making today. If you say, I want to be like Rahab, I want to take a risk to trust God because sometimes I it so much so over and over again in the mind and, and I weigh the pros and I, I weigh the cons and I, I know what God's told me and I know what I shouldn't be doing and then I dilly-dally thinking I don't know what to do and I want to trust God that He is good and I want to make a decision to follow Jesus by making faith decisions to every follower of Jesus Christ. Say, I want to live a life where I make faith decisions. If that's you, I want to pray for you. Show me your hands. Who am I praying for? Say, I decide today to make faith decision. Thank you. Hands all over this place. That is a great decision to make. Let me pray for you. Close your eyes with me for a moment. Father God, we want to thank you that we are children of God. We want to thank you that we are loved and completely accepted. Today, we decide to make faith decisions. And I say, God, as a church, for Beacon Church, we thank you that our salmon moment has come. Thank you that our salmon moment has come. Thank you that your eyes are on us. Thank you that you are our peace. You are our completeness. Thank you that uncommon doors of opportunity are going to open for us. Thank you that uncommon doors of finance are going to open for us. Thank you that uncommon doors of mental and emotional healing is opening for us. Thank you that uncommon doors of relational networks are opening for us because we choose today to make faith decisions. Faith decisions. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, stand with me for a moment. We're going to sing a song. Stretch your legs. Isn't it good? Isn't God good? God is good. And today, we're going to finish by singing this song. And now, why don't we engage in this? And then I'll come back in a moment to pray for us. So if we can play that song, if you want to lift your hands and worship, that will be great. Let's, let's sing the song. You unravel me um, with a melody um, You surround me with a song of deliverance from my enemies till all.